Hi, Kit McCarty here, welcoming you to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share their eye-opening experiences that helped them shift focus, gain perspective, and see themselves and their world in a whole new way. We invite you to pull up a chair to the conversational table, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our show. We're hoping our time together will encourage, elevate, and engage you toward your own eye-opening moments. Here we go. Today's guest is Linda Jenkins. Welcome, Linda. Thank you. Linda is a retired nurse who specialized in cardiac care, which makes her an expert on health issues and matters of the heart. She loves her husband, two children, five grandchildren, and too many friends to count. She loves helping people, cooking, gardening, estate sales, and Christmas, which will be the topic of our conversation today. Linda currently serves with former guest Glenn Cato as a member of the Crisis Response Ministry and is the director of her Bible study class, active with her church. Linda, I see you as outgoing, energetic, accomplished, devoted, and generous. <laughs> How do you see yourself? Wow. Um, now you know all those things are true. <laughs> and more, but we only what, have so But you time. know, everything you said was true and correct. How do I see myself? Um, I want to help, and I love to care for people, and I love to cook for people. I do love my husband desperately. I love my two children and my five grandchildren and my group of friends. So I feel so blessed with that and um, so blessed being a member of First Baptist Church and being involved in Sunday school. But how do I see myself? You see what you get. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that you are so caring. Can you tell me how that was formed in you? Have you always been that way or was that something you had to do just to survive? Well, I was the oldest girl of six girls, even though I have an older brother. So I had a lot of responsibilities as a child taking care of kids. Uh, My mother died when I was 26. And so I still had three sisters living at home. So daddy was there to raise them. But I was there as the female influence, even though I was married and had two children of my own. Um, that may be it. Also, at the age of 10, uh, my grandmother had diabetes. And since my mother worked, I had to go over there every day after school and give her her shot. And I loved it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, we played doctor. We played all of these things growing up. And I, and I don't know why. It's just what I think I was made to do. Well, and you're very good at it. Today. I notice that people come from all over to say... Is this rash important? Yes. <laughs> I've <laughs> seen things that I shouldn't yes. see, my friends, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Well, I love that your uh, caring nature expresses itself in so many ways, but especially at Christmas, because Christmas is about giving and receiving. Tell us why you love Christmas. Do you know, growing up, I couldn't stand not to know what I was getting for Christmas because I did not want to disappoint my mother or father if I didn't like it. So I would find it hidden down the basement or whatever, and I would unwrap it, and I would see what it was, and I'd wrap it back up so that when Christmas morning, I would be so excited. And so I've done this. Now my husband, after 41 years of marriage, John doesn't even bring my presents into the house. Oh, no. They're at my daughter's house. Um, So... um, No, I don't feel guilty at all. (laughs) I mean, you know what? You, I hate to disappoint anybody, 
And, you know, somebody's gone out and picked out a present that they thought should be for me. And if I don't like it, I need to be prepared to not go when I see it for the first time. To be gracious. Yes, exactly. So, you know, um, I don't even remember what question you asked me. <laughs> oh, well, you know, love presents. You know, though we have to go back that Jesus Christ is the reason for the season. And so when I started having children, mother and daddy didn't do it, but when I had kids, we had a birthday cake. And so we uh, had morning Christmas, and then we had birthday cake as we sang happy birthday to the baby Jesus. And so that is an important part of our Christmas. But at the same time, you get the opportunity to share something. It doesn't, and I tell people all the time, you don't have to spend a lot of money, but people want to be remembered. And so only if it's a little tin of cookies, you've taken the time to make them something and sign a card and take it to their house. And so uh, the more that I can give, the more that we can share, um, can you imagine being these homeless people and they don't have anything? So last year in Grand Prairie, we did homeless blue bags. And so that was an amazing thing to do. But I think Christmas is family, friends, the birth of Jesus, and being able to let people know how much you care about them. I love that. Um, there are so many things I'd love to talk to you about, but let's circle back to Christmas blue bags. Tell me a little bit more about that. Um, it, the, we have the Grand Prairie Homeless Coalition here in our city, and it was decided last year that they had these blue bags similar to what Ikea has. And so each person that was in the group of 65 people in Grand Prairie that they've identified as homeless um, put a list of what they wanted. And so our Sunday school class picked four names, and John and I individually picked one. And they asked you to spend approximately $100, but they had a variety of things, from shoes to blue jeans. Uh, gift cards was a big thing. I don't think they get McDonald's very often or anything like that. So it was a treasure, and I have to tell you a little story along with this. I went to Walmart with five names to have to do things, and, you know, I wasn't sure, so... Two of the ladies that worked at Walmart said, you want me to help you? And so these two ladies walked around the store with me with two shopping carts for an hour and a half, oh, and we filled all five bags. And I mean, if they couldn't find it, they went into the back and found it for me. And so we were able to turn in. And then I was telling my neighbor next door, and they wanted two bags. So it's just kind of escalated. And then two people in Sunday school, when I said we did our own, two more people wanted to do it. So... Um, problem is, it's not only Christmas that the homeless needs stuff. And um, since we cannot uh, admit anybody anymore, they must self-admit. There are people out there um, that are in so need of medical or psychiatric counseling, and they are some of our homeless. And so those are the ones we need to reach because they don't know what to do or how to do with it. So this year they're not doing the blue bags, but they are asking for fast food, uh, cre uh, 
gift cards, I guess is what I want to say. And so our class is going to do a couple hundred dollars in those. But anyway, that's it. So Christmas is a time of giving. And you love to give. I don't even know how many people are on your gift list, but I do know that. Too many. Because <laughs> I'm sitting in a room and I see stacks of presents and gift cards all around me. And it's just, it's amazing to me how much you love to give. So um, how, how do you get your list together and what kinds of gifts do you like to give most? Clearly, baking is a big part of that. Baking is a good part. We have eight people in our neighborhood that we give specific gifts to. And so I found it's not cost effective to buy. So I make a a Christmas mix, and then I make a check mix. And so they get a can of that. Um, that's cooking. I make candy, and I make... Um, there's always somebody that needs something or has forgotten something, so there's always something here for that. Um, when I got married and had two children, we bought a three-subject, uh, I mean, three four-subject spiral. And so every year... My children, they each had their own tab. We were supposed to put on there what we wanted or didn't want. And throughout the year, things were scratched out. My son, who turned 47 year, this year, has had a Lamborghini on his <laughs> since he's year. been 15 years old, okay? That's and uh, Yes, he's never had his Lamborghini. <laughs> but we did that, and now our children's children do that. But, you know... Um, how do we decide who gets gifts? Children, grandchildren. Um, you know, Tuesday morning, Bible study is going to be here. And so it'll be ornaments. And, um, you know, we're doing gift exchanges for two parties here and one up at church. Um, you know, if you're blessed, you're on my list. <laughs> there you go. That is so true. That is so true. We feel lucky to make the cut. So you are hosting parties here, and the place is certainly decked out for that. How many trees do you have? Eight trees. Eight. Eight. Seven inside. Well, actually nine trees because I have that gigantic colored one as you enter. Yes. Okay. And I have one on the patio. And so that means there's seven in the house. Not counting these the tiny little ones. But yes, I put up a lot of trees, but yes, I love do. my trees. Yes, and some of them are themed. So yes, when you come in the front entryway, there's one of those LED Yes. Do you know it? It was bought as a. Uh, we have a flagpole there. Yes. And so one year we found that you could buy a tree. We could take our flag our flag down and put the tree up. So we love that. Yeah. That's our favorite, I guess. That's so cool. Um, and then you have themed trees inside. Yes. Do you have a favorite? Um, and you have like one in every room, which is so much fun. Yes, the Can king. I know. <laughs> Two of the three bathrooms. John, John, the Grinch, the Grinch, who is my dear loving husband, will not allow one in his office or his bathroom attached to his office. So in the king, I know, in the king room is a red tree. I mean, it's a green tree with just red ornaments and poinsettias. And then we move to the queen room, and that is multicolored lights and multicolored ornaments. And it's ornaments that the grandchildren have given us, or, you know, they're just whatnots. And then in our room, we went with the gold theme, and so uh, it's all gold with white lights. And then um, in our den is our Santa tree, and there is a ornament from everywhere 
John and I've traveled in our 41 years of marriage. I have to make him stop somewhere <laughs> and we find a Christmas tree before we leave. Um, which ones? Oh, living room and dining room. The two formal dining, living room and dining room are white lights with silver ornaments. And in John's office, which the tree died two years ago, and he's so thankful it died, <laughs> but it was a golf tree. And so it just had golf things all over it. And so I have all these ornaments and no tree. So I'm hoping somebody will buy me a tree because I promised him. <laughs> that I would not buy another tree, that as these died, I wouldn't replace them. So if somebody oh. that's listening to this, yes, wants to give me a tree, then I will put these out here. I would love it. And John can't say no if it's a gift. Of course not. So, um, and then we have a wooden tree. And then my mother's ceramic tree, a two of them. One of them's my mother's and one's I got somewhere else. But anyway, we have trees and ornaments everywhere. 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 Well, I love that you have made a point of collecting ornaments for those trees every place you've been. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I love about our tree decorating tradition is uh, that so many memories are tied up in those ornaments as well. And each one I unwrap, each one I take out of the box just brings back a flood of memories from who gave it to me or where we were when we picked it up or who made it for me or you know what I made for myself. Um, so many memories and I think that's part of the joy of Christmas is remembering the many blessings that you have. And I have a little sad thing with that. My daughter married in August of 96 and she said, Mom, can I have all of the ornaments that I made throughout the years? And I said, let me use them this year and then we'll shop after Christmas, and we'll get you ornaments, and you can have whatever. Well, we were robbed that fall, that spring. Our storage building was broke into, I think, because of the lawnmower and all this kind of stuff. But they took all of my Rubbermaid containers. So all the ornaments that my children made from pre-kindergarten all the way up or ones we saved were gone. And so we, 1996, we started everything over again. Yeah. Oh no, it did because, because people just kept, kept well, Linda, you need this, you need this. Yes. So, yes, you have so many. Well, uh, listeners, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, Linda's going to tell us about her Santas. Ooh, looking forward to it. enjoying this conversation with Linda Jenkins. Isn't her joy and wonder contagious? I wish you could see the way her eyes sparkle when she talks about Christmas. Or maybe it's just the abundance of twinkly lights that surround us. Now, it's Linda. Linda's generous nature overflows in abundance as she prepares her home and gifts for neighbors, co-workers, friends, and family. And it gives us great joy to prepare this podcast for you, our Now I See family, each week as we gather around the microphones to share the abundance of knowledge, wisdom, insight, experience, and encouragement from ordinary people, just like me and you, who are doing extraordinary things. Please let us know if you are enjoying our show by leaving us a greeting or a comment on our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram pages, by writing a great rating and review, or by sharing our shows with people you think would enjoy listening to our conversation. 
Now I'm going to confess that even though Christmas is almost here, I've been focused on other things. I only put up half of the decorations I planned. I haven't finished my baking or mailed up my cards. And the Christmas meal is still a work in progress. In Linda's presence, I feel like a Christmas slacker. Maybe, like me, this Christmas isn't going to be just the way you hoped it would. For lots of reasons. Stay tuned to hear some words of comfort and encouragement. Or go back and listen to the episode we aired two weeks ago with Debbie Sims, in which she gave some practical helps about getting through the holidays when you're grieving. Join us next week when we'll be talking with Jody Nisnik, host of the So Much More podcast, about finding time to reflect, recharge, and refocus as we close out 2021 and enter the new year. Merry Christmas, y'all. Now back to our show. So, Linda, we left off before you get a chance to tell us all about your Santas. How many Santas do you have? 238. Oh, my goodness. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so, I was wandering around taking pictures of them. Hopefully, we can post some of those on our platforms. Um, but you've been collecting them for how long? Uh, well, 50 years, maybe. Okay. And you've got some antiques. I do have some antiques. Most of those have been given to me. Um, that people find and think, well, I don't want this. So, uh, you know, who wants this old, you know, nasty-looking Santa? But I want it. Yes, you do. And you've got some really strange ones. So you've got some very traditional ones that are um, ceramic, most of them. What? Uh, some are bells, some are wood, some are tiny, some are huge. So tell us about your collection. Tell us. Do you know what? Um, when I married John 41 years ago, he gave me a Santa Claus. And so he's given me one every year for Christmas. And so when I hit like about 96, I told people, I've only got 96 and I want 100. So all of a sudden I got eight Santa Clauses that year, okay? So I went from 96 to 104. So now I had to strive for... A bigger Exactly, exactly. So I have none of them are brand new. None of them have ever been bought brand new, unless somebody gifted me a brand new one. Um, my ladies' group um, loves to go to estate sales, so I've bought so many, I should say bought so many, uh, throughout the years that now I only look for unique, odd ones. So it's not something just like a basic Santa anymore. Um, but we're having our church Christmas party Saturday. So, you know, it's one of those Chinese. And so I will fight to take home a Santa Claus. And I'll sit there and nudge my husband saying, take that one. It's the third time it can be. T-. But he doesn't always cooperate with me. But, you know, I just... Um, neighbors, family, friends. I don't think mother ever had Santa Clauses around, but I love them. So why Santas? Why are they important to you? I mean, besides the fact that John gave them to you, does that have a special meaning? Do you know, I don't know if they have special meaning. You know, everybody collects something. And um, I just like Santa Claus. You know, he's, uh, I believe, you know, they say, oh, my 10-year-old or my 8-year-old doesn't believe anymore. I'm almost 73, and I believe. I believe that there is a Santa Claus. 
It may not be the one that was at Gimbel's or at Macy's, but there is definitely Santa Claus because it's in your heart. I think it represents, um, and, and we know that there was a real man, and his name was St. Nicholas. His yes. legend is beautiful about who he gave to people in need. Um, so I do see that reflected in your life. But I think there's that wonderful joy of just giving. Um, just being gracious, being able to meet people in their time of need, being able to give out of abundance, not of joy. And I see that you do that, and I love uh, that. Like and, and you know, with St. Nicholas, um, growing up, we celebrated St. Nicholas Day, and we had fruit and candy and nuts in our shoes. Ah, the old German tradition. Yes. And, of course, my mother is, was German. Uh, and so uh, it was always a big celebration for us. You know, we look forward to it. And uh, a lot of people didn't do it, uh, but we did. So with that many Santa Clauses, how, how do you store all of them? Where do you put all of them? And then what out? The Santas go in steamer trunks, and I have 16 of them, and they're, each Santa is individually wrapped in either, used to be newspaper, but we don't get the newspaper anymore, so it's usually wrapping paper or tissue paper that I've collected as we finish opening our gifts the year before with our kids, and so I save all those and wrap them. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> and um, the trees are put back in boxes, or some of the trees are quite old, and so now they're in containers. But this past year, we bought a storage building that we put up in the backyard that is just our Christmas storage <laughs> building. All it has is trees and Santas and ornaments and wreaths and lights and whatever else I have that is Christmas. My towels, because my whole house is Christmas. It is. It is so, so much fun. It's like a Christmas store. I know. A Christmas store. I love it. I know. How long does it take you to get it all out and put it up? I am blessed with a grandson who's 21 and a grandson who's 16. And so the week off of Thanksgiving, both boys were here. And all the trees were put in their stands, taken down, put in their stands, so I was ready to fluff them. Um, they put up all of our outside lights. Um, the 16-year-old and his girlfriend um, did my kitchen for me. They get up. He stands on my kitchen counters oh, and puts all of these around. Same. And he's done it so many years, he knows exactly where they need to go and how far apart they have to be spaced. Oh, I'm sorry. They are cookie jars and pitchers and teapots. Teapots that line the top of her kitchen cabinets and the top of her refrigerator. And there are a bunch. They come real quick. Um, at least two dozen. So yeah. so so fun. So he stands on your countertops to do it. That's right. And then for all of my Santas. Um, it's just kind of a hit and a miss. You know, I'll put one someplace and say, oh, I don't like it there, and I'll move it someplace. So I may move them around for a week or 10 days. But this year we had to have an early group over here for a party. And so everything was up and ready to go the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. That is ridiculous. I know. I know. It takes me days to do what little stuff I put up. So, And this is an undertaking. I mean, everywhere. But I love it. I know. You know what, if it wasn't something I loved to do, then it would be really a big burden. Or I wouldn't do it, I guess. Yes. So for me, the ornaments that I put up have 
such sentimental value. Have you got a couple of that recall happy memories? Here's another. You know, um, our ornaments that my children made as they were growing up, our storage building was broke into in 96. And so all of those things were gone. So we've started again. Um, I think my favorite tree is our Santa Claus tree that everywhere we go, our, our oldest grandson just got back from Hawaii. And so he brought us an ornament. So it's not necessarily the ones that John, I mean, and I did, but somebody brought back for us. So it means something. Um, you have one from Japan. I do have a Santa from Japan. It's very hard over there to find. We looked all over. And if you remember a few years ago, I gave you a little wooden Christmas tree, okay? I got one for you and one for somebody else uh, at our Sunday at our Bible study thing. And I would love to find some more of those because those would be wonderful gifts. But I bought them in Japan, so I don't know where to get them anymore. Um, and I looked for them because they're really fun and they're very yeah. cute and really easy to wrap and give, but to find some yes. blessed to have one. Um, where, what are some of your other unusual ones? You've got one from the 50s? Yes. Um, actually, my oldest one is a gift from my next-door neighbor when her father passed away, uh, or her mother passed away, excuse me, and she got it as a newlywed and uh, when she was in her early 20s, and she died at 89. So I put that about 60 years old, and it's a, a sleigh and a Santa, and if you put a battery in him, he sings Christmas songs as he moves along. Probably that's my oldest one. But there are some old ones. I try to date all of them as I get them. Some of them are already old when I get them, and so I don't know how old they are. But I do have a clue for everybody. If you're collecting Santas and you get one that's a wax or a candle, which I have one on my uh, sideboard in my kitchen, do not store it outside. No, <laughs> not in Texas. No, not in Texas. That's right, because you won't have a Santa Claus anymore because I've lost one by that way. So... Um, you know, some some are treasured. I have one that was given to me in 2006, 2002, excuse me, and she died in 2006. So that's one I treasure. Um, you know, it's just hard. I look through all of these, and they all mean something somehow that I found them on my hunt. Well, I asked you before we started recording, do you have a favorite? And you said... Oh, I don't know what I said. What so did I... They are, yes, ma'am, they all are my favorite. They, uh, look at him. He just smiles and grins all the time. And you know that every child that walks in here, no matter how old they are, they are thrilled to see all these Santas. And um, it makes other people happy. Yes, and because every single one of them is different. Do you have a duplicate? No. Did, I didn't see it. No, no, no. Yeah. Some are very old world looking, some are very modern, and um, they're just fun, they're just so much fun, and you're right, it does make you smile to see That's right. this, this happy, kind person looking at you, you know, um, so it, and so many wonderful memories, I'm sure, attached to so many of you. My children have told me, Mom, what do you want us to do with these Santa Clauses when you die? She said, my daughter says, we don't want them. And I said, well, you know, with five grandchildren, I'm hoping that they'll 
all want a couple of them, and then give them away. You know? Yeah. One of the things that I learned from you uh, with your Santa collection, you started writing on the bottoms of bags. Yes. When they were given to you and who gave them or, uh, you know, something to remind you of how, how you came to be in possession of it. And that has just been so useful with so many things. I now do that with my ornaments on the Christmas tree. There were certain things that I thought I would never forget. But with as many years behind me now, I do forget. That's and right. I don't want to forget. And so thank you for that wonderful tip because now almost every get, gift that I get, um, especially with decorative items that I don't see every day, um, to write. Um, it's important. On the bottom so that I can be reminded because I don't want to forget. So. Um, <laughs> now, when you turn your head over there and look, you smile. I do smile. I know. It's just everywhere I look, how can you not smile? There's exactly. So, so that's, that's what Christmas is about. So you also talked about family. How does your family celebrate Christmas? I, we, my family, Lordship, we celebrated on Christmas Eve, and I married a Christmas Day guy. So how do you and your family celebrate Christmas? Well, you know, you go back to pre-marriage, and we went to Grandma's house on Christmas Eve, and then mom and dad had our house. We didn't really have any other relatives around. Um, I married, and uh, my husband's family, we got together with them on Christmas Eve so we could have Christmas Day uh, with John and I and the kids. And then um, now that our children are grown and we have in-laws and outlaws and all of those things, Christmas Eve is done at our house. So the kids come over, and we eat, we open gifts, and go to uh, carols and candles at church. And then they spend their own Christmas morning with their family and then go to the in-laws for Christmas Day. And so it seems to work, except this year is a kind of a... <laughs> so we're having to make some... Um, my daughter-in-law's mother passed away this year, and so we're having to make some changes. So we're spending Christmas Eve morning at our son's for breakfast. Our daughter's family's coming over here for heavy hors d'oeuvres before we go to Carol's and um, Candles, and we will not see anybody Christmas Day, which we normally don't. They're with their children. And so we're doing it here on Sunday the 26th. But, you know, it really doesn't matter what day you have Christmas. It doesn't hurt my feelings to spread out to this day or any other holidays. No. If you want to celebrate my birthday all month, that's okay with me. That's right. So if we want to celebrate Christmas all month, and for us, we start right after Thanksgiving for some of you. You start yes. a little bit before. So what are some of your favorite Christmas traditions? Have you got certain dishes or certain things that... You know, the traditions change as your children grow up and marry. But, you know, uh, the Christmas story was always an important part of ours. And, uh, you know, no matter how early the kids got up, nobody could go in the living room till we said it was okay <laughs> and things like that. Um, Somebody saw their gifts early. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, when the grandkids come over, the first thing is, can we open our stockings before we eat? And most of the time, the parents say no, so that we do it all as one. Um, traditions are hard now because uh, Christmas Day, John and I are alone. And so our tradition is to get up and have a nice breakfast. Um, 
you know, we put the TV on and we relax. We may go see a movie. There's no place to go out to eat anywhere. And normally we've had Christmas Eve dinner with the children the night before, so we have leftovers. This year we won't. So I'm not sure what this year will be, but this is just an odd year. We'll go back to normal next year, if there is a normal. And, you know, Thanksgiving this year we had an extra female, my grandson's girlfriend. And so, you know, those are going to be new things that have to fit in and so we now will have another family that has to be brought into the thing to decide when we're going to do this but I do Christmas Eve if you want to come you're welcome to come don't say that because people oh that's true that's true but nobody knows where I live but you so (laughs) so uh, but you know traditions change as needs be and you know my huh Yes. And we've known... Yeah, and we've known quite a few people in this past year who have lost somebody from COVID or cancer. And uh, it's going to be a very sad Christmas. And so we have a responsibility um, to make contact with these people and um, share somehow, not necessarily invite them Christmas Eve or Christmas Day if you want an intimate gathering with just your immediate family, but bring them in for other things too, or at least call and connect with them because um, I'm shaking it again. (laughs) Another thing with me. Um, But yeah, you know, and as my husband and I age, it's always been our house that all of these things, and John thinks it's time now to disperse it to the girls. Um, I'm looking forward to that when the burden isn't on me to perform for all of the guests, but I get invited to a few other places. That's right. And see, I love to entertain. So when somebody says, where are we going to have the party or whatever, I will let them know that my house is available. They don't have to take it. John thinks it's too much work for us anymore, but I still enjoy it. And everybody brings something, so, you know, it's not like when you slaved for three days yes. to have have Christmas. So yes. um, we're ready. And that was a burden. Now it is a delight because kids are old enough to help, and they do bring things. And, and sometimes our guests, you know, we do have people that show up at yeah, and on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Completely unexpected, and it's always it's such a lovely it is. To our, uh, it is. You know, because Christmas is about surprises and about the That's unexpected. That's right. You know, there was nothing about the very first Christmas that was expected. That's right. You got it. That, the, the people who were invited, the fact that Mary and Joseph didn't get to be at home. No. They had to be somewhere else. They didn't have a room in the inn. They had to be in the stable. You know, everything about the first Christmas was completely, you know, unexpected to the people who were involved in it. We know in the heart of God it was perfectly orchestrated, but to the ones who were in it, it was unexpected. And I think very often some of my best holidays are like that, where things happen that are just completely unexpected, that people show up and they come, and it turns out to be even better than how I planned it. Well, and you know, you're the only person that knows if it's not perfect, because if something isn't quite what you wanted or this didn't turn out exactly, nobody else there knows. All they know is that you're the hostess and you've welcomed them in and you're going to feed them. And we always have something extra here in case somebody shows up that um, 
needs a gift that we hadn't planned for. But you're the only one knows if it's not right. So just smile, and nobody will know that you forgot to take the olives out of the refrigerator, <laughs> you know? <laughs> nobody will know that they were even part of the meal. That's so true. That's so true. And very often when I look back, um, especially when things didn't go the way that I planned, but everyone had a good time. That's right. Then I realized, mission accomplished, you know, whatever uh, whatever I had intended um, happened and probably happened better than I could have planned. And so yeah. I was glad that I left myself open to the possibilities. And I think that Christmas is a time of possibilities. You know, where the impossible things suddenly become possible. Um, there is something wonderful about the joy and the wonder of Christmas. Well, as we uh, close out our show today, is there anything that you would like our listeners to see more clearly? Do you know, I just want to tell people, don't stress over Christmas. You know, just have fun, enjoy. Uh, when you're young, you worry about what other people might think. As you get older, you don't care what they think. And so really, they're not even thinking. They're just there to eat and have a good time. So don't stress yourself. Don't go crazy. Always remember that we're only celebrating Christmas because Jesus Christ was born. I loved it. Good. I'm so glad. Merry Christmas to you and to all Can you think of someone who would enjoy our show today? If so, please share it with them. You can help others find us too by liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Visit today's show notes for show highlights, links to recommended resources, including our own, nis.media. I'd love to hear what you have to say, so drop me a line at Kit McCarty, NIS, on Facebook, or at kit at nis.media. And if you'd like to hear more from me, sign up for my periodic newsletter when you're on my site. I hope you are enjoying our new bumper music. It's from a music box that a friend gave me at Christmas last year. It is a treasure that had been tucked away in my Christmas decorations and now is on display in my home. May its sweet sound dance in your heads like sugar plum fairies and remind you of God's amazing grace and the warm feelings we have for you at Now I See. This episode, as always, is made possible by the production team at Headset Radio.